Welcome to the Spirit School of Ministry podcast, where we discuss discipleship in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about the subject of the cross. Mm. I'm David, I'm here with Liz Jones Mm -hmm. and Pastor Bob Wilk. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to sort of break the mold of the questions I prepared and just put you guys on the spot. Okay. And what's the first thing that comes to mind from the testimony of Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, or just from your mind? What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say the cross? An intersection. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the cross? Wood. Wood. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Awesome. I think we can work a little bit more with Pastor Bob's answer there. Oh, I like the wooden intersection. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, what did you mean by that when you said intersection? Well, I think, I think uh, when I think of the cross, I think of a place of meeting. Mm-hmm. Like that's where, well, more generally heaven and earth met. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very serious time, uh, essential time that can't be uh, replaced by anything else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that does. Yeah, it's kind of important, maybe wow. in just a tiny little way. So yeah. deep. That was deep, yeah. wasn't it? It was. It just came right out of my off spirit. Of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't practicing. And it that. is wood too. That's, That's true. I see rough, splintery oh. wood. Mm-hmm. Something real yeah. about that. It wasn't too comfortable to be on the cross. No, or to carry it, or anything related to it. Honestly, mm-hmm. when I actually think of a cross, besides what it means spiritually. I actually do think of, like you're saying, the wood, and it's very rough. It's not, I, I almost can feel my hand going up it and then, and ah, splinters. Splinter, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not a pretty thing. No. Yet it's a beautiful thing. No. At the right? same it's an, time. It's an instrument of execution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the Roman Empire, it was devised for traitors, for slaves. Uh, you were stripped naked. Uh, you were humiliated in front of everyone. You were whipped and flogged to within an inch of your life before you carried this massive beast of a of an instrument to your death. Um, it was not supposed to be something that you know is just a pendant or is just a, a talisman that we wear as right. as a religious thing. It was um, it's an instrument of death, um, and I love that that idea actually of the wood and and really dwelling and meditating on that because mm-hmm. it makes it real to us. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the cross could get sort of ethereal that you're like, Oh, is the symbol of, of our faith or, Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, the cross is where Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross and we don't earth that. Like we're not, we're not concreting it, really imagining it and putting ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's really good. What, what you guys said, um, what, what happened on the cross of Jesus? Cause, uh, you know, a lot of people were crucified in the Roman world. There were times where Caesars crucified thousands of people all along the roads of Rome as a, as a Testament. Mm -hmm. What made the death of Jesus different? Do you guys have anything, you know, biblically that you want to throw out? Like what was the cross of Christ? What happened when he hung on the cross? What's very interesting to me, just wrapped around what happened at the cross is it so, um, it didn't have a lot of significance to the people around him. I think that's how God does some real strange things like that. He brought Jesus into the world with very little significance other than heaven mm-hmm. acknowledging him. But the rest of the world was like nothing, right. nothing to see here. Let's just move on. And like you said, he was part of maybe hundreds of thousands of people all along mm-hmm. the, the Roman Empire that were crucified. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible death and uh, you know unimaginable. And yet, almost carried insignificance into the world, and yet, um, to everyone else, it was like I said, it's that transitioning place, that cro- that cross, that uh, intersection where everything can change in someone's life. Yeah, it has so much power. I mean, it's yeah. where uh, the power of the gospel actually mm-hmm. uh, it actually. That's where it crosses. <laughs> That's where it comes. That's where its epitome is. That's what it is. And um, it, you know, like I said, personally, when you, and it's hard not to talk about this not personally because for me personally, you should. Yeah, it's it's everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's my whole life. It, the cross changed my entire life. Yeah. It didn't just adjust it slightly. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like you know, yeah. you know, get an adjustment at the chiropractor. It wasn't that. It was like a whole new life, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting life that you don't really fully recognize. Uh, you you recognize it in bits, bits and pieces along the way. Actually, it's how changed you you've become, mm-hmm. and so 
yeah, the, to me, the, the whole thing about the cross is very, it's uh, enormous and enormously perplexing because yeah. it has such a simplicity to it. Mm-hmm. It has such an, well, that happened then. We don't do that now. And, you know, mm. that was some guy out there 2,000 years ago. And, oh, well, some people believed in him. And yet, <laughs> 2,000 years later, it's this uh, emphatic change into billions of people's lives over those thousand two thousand years i love what you said the power of the cross and Mm -hmm. um and the simplicity because here it is in simplicity it's this god died (laughs) that's what what it says (laughs) yes god like who was on the cross like that's that's what makes it different to me that god died uh and not just god the son the godhead Mm -hmm. a sword passed into the father's heart right only mary has a slight taste of what the father went through Mm -hmm. to see his son on the cross just like the sword passed into Mary's heart, it passed into the father's heart. He was divided from his son yeah. in the fellowship of the Trinity. It w- he was in Christ reconciling the world yeah. on the cross. The spirit, right? He was like, he was offered through the spirit. There was a, a division even in the spirit. There, hmm. The Godhead died on a Roman cross. The grief of the father, like the grief of, of the son, the grief of the spirit, like that they're willing to do that. Like to me, like the cross is the ultimate glory of God like the ultimate glory of God was this cross and that's foolishness like the Bible says to people like oh my my God died like (laughs) like I believe in a crucified God crucified Mm -hmm. Christ crucified that's the power of the cross it's also the offense of the cross but people like you telling me God had to die for me to be saved that's how bad I am You're telling me I can't exactly. save myself. I'm not a good person. God has to die so I can talk to God, so I can come in with God. There's an offense and a power and a simplicity. And it's there's something that just like it it moves me so much, this subject, that like that God allowed his own heart to be given. Like his son. Like if your firstborn son or daughter was given, you would die. Hmm. You would die in that time. And in many ways, the father died the worst death to see his son given for his other sons and his other daughters. And to me, it speaks of the love of God. Cause it's like, I know I'm, I'm ranting right now, but it's like, sounds like a pretty good rant. It's like, uh, <laughs> man, it's like the, I wouldn't. Okay. So if I had like, let's say I had six kids, I don't have two kids, but if you were to say, I have to give one of my kids to save the other ones, I might do it. If you were to say, if you give your kid, you can save four of that guy's kids. I'd be like, no, these are my kids. I will only save my kids. And to me, it speaks of the love that he has for us, that we are equally loved as Jesus, that he would be willing to send his son to die for his other sons, his other daughters, not his lesser daughters and his lesser sons, his other ones. Like to me, it's like the only way the father would ever do that was if he loved us that much. And so like, to me, that's like, it's such a powerful thing about the cross and it, it's simple, but it's so, it's so deep and it allows you to like, to know who God really is. He's not like some distant God. So to me, it's very personal of like, that's the only reason I would believe in God because he's that good. He's that humble. He's that glorious. He's that loving. And he proved it in history on a cross. Mm -hmm. Like he, I trust him because of that. Even if I can't see Anyway, I'm, I'm, that's that's what it is to me. I wonder what it, what you would say, Liz. Well, I was like, going to say life. it's not just that the father sent his son; it's that the son chose Amen. to give his life. And I think that's you know I don't. There were a lot of people who were executed. I don't know how many of them willingly chose that <laughs> and went when they could have gotten out of it. Yeah. You know, who said, "And I I could I could I could pick a different path, but this is the path I'm going to pick." And that was. Um, you know, obviously anyone who chooses to go through that for someone else, that shows an immense, unfathomable level of love yeah. um, that they would be willing to endure hmm. that for the sake of someone else, um, not just to die a quick and easy death. It wasn't just the hmm. sacrifice. It was the suffering also, and um, that he did it completely as a man hmm. for our redemption is... Um, you know, it's something that is just, it, it does, it grips your heart. It's just something that you uh, can't comprehend. I can't comprehend no. someone else being willing to do that for me. But I think the thing about the cross also is that um, 
it didn't, Jesus didn't just leave the cross. He brings it into our relationship Ooh, now yeah. and is like, well, are you willing? Are you willing to love the way I loved? Mm-hmm. And so I, that's the thing. I think that the cross is always so present. It's not just a symbol of death mm-hmm. for Jesus. It's a symbol of a way of living actually for mm-hmm. us, you know? So I think that's when I think about the cross, it's like this very, it's very present. Actually, it doesn't feel like a past, um, like memorialized item. It yeah. feels like a very present, actually, reality. Love that. And um, I think we just ha- we just have such a hard time as just people, humans here on the earth, understanding the depth, the complexity, and the simplicity mm-hmm. of God's design at mm-hmm. the cross, mm-hmm. because it hits all at once. So we, you know, there's a very um, complex problem in humanity. <laughs> And it was solved with the simplicity of the cross, mm-hmm. which the Bible tells us, because you asked yeah. you know, what we think scripturally, which is foolishness <laughs> to everybody. I mean, when you actually think about it, you know, present the cross situation, uh, occurrence, if you will, to a scientist. And the scientist is going to be like, say what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a minute. We have to work this out. You have to you understand this is a very complex situation and involves billions of people over centuries. And how do we solve it for all of them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this issue <laughs> that they have of separation from God, of sin, and all these other things. Mm-hmm. That and and the and the obvious thing, even to a scientist, that it would be the devastation that it's you know gone in through mankind mm-hmm. over the centuries. Like mm-hmm. what has actually happened? That's indisputable. You look at it and go, it's bad. It's really bad out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's and interesting enough, it's not changing any. It's um, technology is changing, but the situation, the human situations, uh, the same. It's just as horrible and just as unanswerable, except for something as simple as the cross. Mm-hmm. That's and and that's where, like I said, the the word you know speaks. You know, Paul talks about the the foolishness, the just the foolishness of the idea of uh, this this guy hanging on a cross is going to actually solve the situation in my life and potentially in the world. Mm-hmm. It's just, mm-hmm. that can't be the answer. There's got to be a lot more complex an answer than that. And that realization, and this is why today, like you were saying, you recognize it now. You recognize it uh, in its dying and in its loving. Mm-hmm. You Today in our lives, when you've come to Jesus and I think it's a progressive thing too. I think when you first come to him, it's you know you get a piece of it, mm-hmm. and but as you come to really uh, try to wrap your spirit around um, the heart of the Father and what He did, yeah. <laughs> like what He actually did for me, mm-hmm. you know, personally for you, and what He's done for all the other people in the world. It's hard to imagine, actually, mm-hmm. and so and then the like I said the the personal everyday how it affects you, how the power of the cross affects you today, and in many ways it's hard. It is very hard to put into words and explain, mm-hmm. right? It, mm-hmm. Because it's so personal, mm-hmm. and that's the deal with this. The cross is that it happened two thousand years ago in a remote place. Some guy all by himself with. Two or three people sitting there at, at the cross at the time, right. and you know it's like so right. inconsequential. I mean, it was like really, it's like uh, another one dead, and yet the power of that cross, and then obviously the resurrection that follows, mm-hmm. it, it still impacts us today. Is that when we come to the cross, and we come to that mm-hmm. uh, place of transition of uh, uh, you know, uh, question <laughs> like, "Will you accept me?" And we cross over that place. We go through that transition, if you will. Then we start to tap into the resurrection power, which is the right. promise behind the cross, right? right? right. And so, mm-hmm. which gets even more interesting. Like that, I believe, is actually even more harder for just natural mind to wrap their minds around, right? <laughs> just it's hard enough to believe somebody died for someone, but then through their death and resurrection, that there's power exerted on me today, mm-hmm. right now in my life. Yeah, <laughs> there's no greater power to love someone than the power of the cross, because you know God calls you to carry the cross. If you if anyone wants to come after me, anyone wants to be a Christian pick up his cross, deny himself daily and follow me. Mm -hmm. 
live in a way that you're, you already counted yourself dead. When you started carrying the cross, like it was over. It was already over. And you're like, I'm not here for me anymore. I'm not here for my ambitions. I'm here for, for you and for God. I'm crucified. I, I've been crucified with Christ. I don't even live any longer. It's Christ who lives in me, Galatians 2.20. Mm-hmm. And he's calling us to this sort of self-emptying love, giving our life completely for people uh, in our family, in our church, in our community, for our enemies. Mm-hmm. Enemy love. And he's like, before he, before you can ever pick up the cross, you have to kneel before the cross. You, you have to see that he did that first. Like he hung on the cross as your substitute. You couldn't do anything to help yourself. He emptied himself for you, right? And to me, it's like, that's what happened on the cross. There was so much. There's, there's a book by John Stott called The Cross of Christ, which is an incredible book. <laughs> he goes into everything that happened theologically on the cross, like the atonement of sin, the expiation of sin, the propitiation, the removal of God's wrath, the reconciling of us to our father, the ransom from the power of Satan, the redemption from slavery to sin, uh, the access to God with the veil being torn. Uh, It's like there's so much that he did to bridge heaven and earth, to make an intersection, like you said, Pastor Bob. But the power of it is the love behind it. Everything he did, you can you can you know write a whole book and and it's great and figure out everything that happened. Mm-hmm. But the heart of it was love. The heart of it was I will lay my life down, though I'm rich for your sake. I will become poor mm-hmm. so you by my poverty can become rich. Right. And God counted His own authority as not something to be grasped. God counted His own worship as something He could lay down for you mm-hmm. to serve you before He ever asked you to serve Him mm-hmm. to sacrifice for you before He ever asked you to sacrifice for him. But then, yeah, he's like, I want you to do the same. Mm-hmm. That's a radical call. I feel very inadequate to that call. <laughs> it's I don't easy. Know, you any of you guys like, it, there you go. Right. Simple. Just die. How do you just do die. that? How do you just, how do you do that? How do you pick up that cross? How do you just so die? So many ways. Mm. What's that look like to die? What does it look like to die? It, uh, it looks like denying yourself, your Mm. desires, your wishes, your ambitions, your, even your goals. Um, I just think it's the, and, and laying down your will. I really think that that like succinctly is how I put it. Like you just, you yield your will, you lay it down and pick his up and whatever his will is, the Lord's will for you, the Lord's will for the people around you, the Lord's will for your church, for your community, whatever it is, that is the life that you live. That to me is dying. You die, you you lay down whatever place that you would be able to exert your will and Ooh. you pick up his instead. Wow. That's what I see picking up the the cross of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's really you know, good. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Sounds hard. No, it's impossible. It sounds like a choice God God won't, <laughs> won't make that. <laughs> it sounds like God won't make that choice for you though. He doesn't make it for you. You choose. But and there are times when it's really hard. And there are times when it's really beautiful. Yeah. And there's times when it's really joyful. Amen. That's neat. Wait, there's joy. There's joy in the cross. <laughs> there has to be. For the joy set before oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting to me like in the uh New Testament, the the cross is really isn't mentioned a whole heck of a lot of times compared mm-hmm. to some other things in the Bible. Yeah. Uh it's very few times, but it's interesting that all three synop- synoptic gospels uh talk about what you were just talking about, picking up, you know, your cross and walking, yeah, you know, and that uh, it's interesting that God would spend most of his time talking about the cross in that way, in that it's how it relates to us today. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that um, we can look at it as like a burden like, woe is me. It's my cross to bear. Uh, it's my cross to bear. I'm good. But um, just like him, uh, for the joy, no, nobody wants to nobody wants to go die. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like, you know, if you do, you probably need some help. But the um, but uh, you know, like you said, for the joy set before him, because there was a joy associated with the cross. It's right. not necessarily, you know, we confuse joy with happy all the time, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but the joy is the you know, associated with it is a power. Yeah. And when we pick up our cross daily and follow him, follow his steps, uh, his ways, his heart, there's a power that's associated with our lives. There's a, um, 
I believe there's a calmness that comes into our lives and a sure, a sureness, if you will, um, a steadfastness uh, that allows us to endure things that um, would basically be impossible to endure yeah. in other ways, and um, and also engage things in great ways because of the cross. I, you know, like I said, I don't think that's a weird, burdensome thing all the way. I think dying to self really opens us up to a tremendous life yeah. at the same time. So there's mm-hmm. benefits uh, that we can uh, take our eyes off of and we get all dooms kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. no, the cross. Oh, right. I have to walk with God. It's treasury. Oh, no, I can't. Yeah. But <laughs> meanwhile, God's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a joy in this and it's a power you can tap into and there's a love and there's a truth right. and there's my, there's my purpose. Yeah. And if you will embrace it, well, and the you promise know. is if you lose your life, you will find it. Yeah. You'll find true life. And that, yeah. so it's not like you're just like, I have to just do this drudgery like <laughs> on this earth until I die and then I can have life. It's like, no, the promise is you you die and you lay down your life so you can pick his up, so mm-hmm. you can live in his life. And that is like, as Christians, we <laughs> yes, we, we, we deny ourselves. And there are, yes, there's hard things that come along with that. But the the reward of that is walking and living in the life of Jesus. And that is not a gloomy, (laughs) depressed, like burdensome place. Like I don't, at least I don't like, I'm not reading Jesus in the Bible of just like this crotchety, you know, depressed, gruff person because he had to do all these horrible things for these horrible people. And it's like, what, you know, what kind of life are we living if that's actually how we're, (laughs) how we're walking through life? Maybe we laid something down, but we forgot to pick something up, you know? Uh, (laughs) That's really good. But even, even Jesus didn't carry his cross alone. Right. Simon, he helped him out. We're not meant to carry it alone, right? The Holy Spirit is there. Um, And I think the real burden, like you're saying, is our selfishness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's my, the real burden is, oh man, I got to get what's mine. Uh, People are mistreating me. Oh, I don't, I don't have my dreams. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really a victim here. And like, he was, he was the victim. (laughs) Like he, he took that. You don't have to carry that. You could be like, man, I, I can actually die to me like needing one of the most things that, that has helped me is like when I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me and I have to defend myself and I'm like, why I'm dead. I don't have to defend me. Like I have to represent Jesus. Mm. I'm not advocating for myself anymore because I'm dead. Mm. And that's such a huge burden off of me, but it means I picked up a cross to die to getting what's mine and getting my respect and getting my way or getting whatever. Right. But so I, I think like we always have to realize that is like you said, like you're putting down such a crushing weight. Right. <laughs> the weight of sin. Mm-hmm. That's what he bore on mm-hmm. his cross. And you're yeah, like you're saying, like Paul said, I'm filling up the sufferings of Christ. I'm stepping into Christ's mission. When I suffer, it's not even me suffering anymore. If I have my head screwed on straight, <laughs> if I'm in the spirit, if I'm not living according to the flesh, but if I'm living according to the spirit, I'm with him so closely that um, I have fellowship with him. I have I have joy with him. And I also have, think about this, like if you have the power to lay down your life for someone you really love to save them, there would be no greater joy than that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can help them. Mm-hmm. I love them. I, I want, I have the ability to lay my life down so they can live. That's the, you know, that's mm-hmm. the joy of the cross that Jesus had. Mm-hmm. My bride is going to live because I, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's people in this world that we should love with the love of God. We don't always like we <laughs> pray for his heart, but we get to lay down our life for them to extend the gospel, to extend love, mercy, justice, help, truth, whatever it is that they need. We can lay down our lives and get out of the way and we can actually help them if we're willing to die to ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, I just want to, yeah, I just want to, <laughs> when we're talking about, you know, what did Jesus accomplish on the cross or what happened on the cross? I think also it's really important to, 
lay out that he um, he broke the power of the curse mm-hmm. um, on the cross. You know that the you know curse is the man that hangs on the tree. Like he took every curse in his body and crucified it there on the cross. Like that is something that Hallelujah. speaks to our life every day. And I was just talking with someone about this. You know, like the curse of um, <clears throat> just for women, like the curse in childbirth. Like he took that on the cross. And it's the way we that I love that particular thing. Mm-hmm. It's just uh-huh. fresh in my mind because we were just talking about it. But because you ex- you can. Ex- experience the life of Jesus in like a very tangible, very real way mm-hmm. right now. And it just brings the power of the cross and what happened there right to the forefront here in, you know, 2023. Mm-hmm. And that, um, and the other thing is that he crucified in his flesh sin That's like right. that. And like, broke the power of sin. And, um, we're talking with the, you know, our young adult Bible study group that people say like, well, Jesus has the keys to death, hell and sin. Well, he actually doesn't like people misquote that scripture all the time. He has the the keys to death and the grave or Sheol, but not sin because he crucified sin in his body on the cross. That is why it has no more power over us. And I think that like those two things right there, he broke the power of the curse and he crucified and killed um, sin in his body so that it has no more authority over us. Those two things like, that takes it way out of like just remembering something someone did a long time ago to like, I can live a victorious, healed, whole, wholesome life now because of what Jesus did for me and what he accomplished mm-hmm. in the cross, mm-hmm. the finished work of the cross. Yes. So to me, that is just like, you know, just takes it out of all of the whatever theology and like, oh, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to be under that sin anymore because Jesus killed that thing in his body. Yeah. Why are those thorns on his head? Right. The thorns are the emblem of the curse. That's right. Why are those stripes on his back? for your healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his blood disintegrates disease. Right. His right. blood disintegrates demonic oppression. Mm-hmm. His blood has so much power. Uh, it's not just because it's blood. It's because it carries his life. Right. It carries right. his life to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it communicates the freedom from the devil, the freedom from sin. Right. The old man, like you said, was crucified with him. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting the old man. It's dead. Right. That's a revolutionary teaching. Like That's what Paul wrote. You're not just like striving against sin. He crucified it. Mm-hmm. He buried it. There's a, mm-hmm. the power of the cross and the power of the tomb that it was buried with him. And you rose, you know, free of that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the power. There's so much power to the cross. Yeah. But he had to take it on his brow, on his back, on his spirit when the wrath of God was put on him, when he was made to be sin for us. Mm-hmm. He was made to be sin. Right not just to get some sin. Mm-hmm. He was made to be sin. And that's why it pleased the Lord to crush him. It crushed the Lord's heart, the father, but he was mm-hmm. crushing sin instead of crushing us. Right. It's, it's so amazing mm-hmm. what he did. He broke the power of demonic principalities on the cross. Mm-hmm. He put them to an open shame according to Colossians yeah. 2. Yeah. He ransomed us from the devil. Why do you keep showing up to serve the devil? You've been ransomed. It's like, um, you know, I use the example of like if I worked at 7-Eleven and I didn't like my job and then all of a sudden I got a job at, you know, Fortune 500 company making seven figures, but I still showed up to 7-Eleven the next day for work. Why? (laughs) You don't have to work there anymore. You've been (laughs) ransomed. You've been set free. You don't have to twirl the hot dogs in the machine anymore. Like you've been brought to a better place. (laughs) That guy that used to yell at you, your boss there, he's not your boss anymore. You've been set free. So maybe it's you really love those Slurpees. (laughs) (laughs) They are pretty good. Can't keep yourself away. (laughs) That's that red stew. The red red Slurpee. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Did you want to add anything, Pastor Bob? I think I added too much right there. (laughs) That was was great. great. That was a great. (laughs) That's a great. That's a great illustration. Yes. Stay in the one because it's got its perks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Oh. You know. I love it. I was thinking um, that when we don't recognize what we've gotten from the cross, I'm just remembering that in the Bible, you know, Paul, I believe he speaks about enemies of the cross. Yeah. And that in I think in the uh, structure where he's talking and in, in the area he's talking to, um, it's possibly people who are just against the, you know, the way of the cross, or it was 
people who had come to the cross, and now we're trying to bring in other things. That's what it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So it could be both things. So what struck me when I when you were talking, and I started thinking about it, is that um, we can actually become an enemy of the cross mm-hmm. to ourselves mm-hmm. if we start bringing in other stuff mm-hmm. that doesn't line up with the message, the promise, the fact of the cross. Mm-hmm. We can actually do that in our lives. We are then, I believe we actually are in a sense becoming an enemy to the cross in our own lives. We don't recognize the power of the cross and, and the uh, departure that happened at the cross, the, you know, the intersection, if you will. Uh, it, we are bringing in other things, other um, belief systems, if you will, much like what was probably happening in maybe in Ephesus and a few places around there. And, um, and in, in a sense, become enemies of the cross. And uh, it's easy to go, well, an enemy to cross. Well, those are those people who are, you know, that weird religion that's just right, against, right. Je- you know, Jesus. They they the kill the Christian. Yeah, you know, what's that? The Antichrist. <laughs> yes, it's easy to say that, but in reality, it can be people who are Christians. It can be me if yeah. I'm uh, for my own life, if yeah. I'm not careful to always recognize the power of the cross. Yeah. In that scripture, he said, those people, their God is their belly and mm-hmm. their glory is their shame. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you glorying in? Are you glorying in his shame? <laughs> That's the cross. Are you glorying yes. in your shame? Like the shame of this world. Is he your God, the God that's in your belly, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit? Or is is it the God, your belly's your God? It's controlling right. you. Um, there's so many things that, uh, not everyone likes the cross. <laughs> Have you yeah. ever encountered somebody that didn't really like the message of the cross? Well, yeah. Well, it's a little, you know, it's pretty. <laughs> not uh, everyone likes it. Yeah, it's not like a nice, happy no. message. All the, you know, it's like if you want, you want the truth, mm-hmm. you need to die <laughs> and suffer <laughs> willingly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not a American Christianity, right there. I would no, say. No, not at all. <laughs> You're not really fixable. You need to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't. We just and, put you through therapy. Anytime you're having a problem, die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anytime you're struggling with <laughs> oh, being obedient, mm. die. Anytime That'll you're preach. struggling That'll with preach. someone else, die. <laughs> Preach really, it, preach because it. usually it's going. like usually places of our <laughs> of our pride. Oh, right? I was that's wondering like, when we get to that little word. Right? Yeah, that's like a direct confrontation to the cross. Well, wow. that person is taking wow. advantage of me. Uh huh. Die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, how many people take advantage of the cross of Jesus? Like, oh, mm. I can use it as an excuse to live however I want because He'll forgive me and His blood is. You know, it's like there are so many places where it's like yes. This maybe that person's not treating you well and die. Like lay yourself down. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about your own stuff. Don't worry yeah. about your your calling. Don't worry about all that. Like die. Dead people aren't worried about their future. <laughs> well, I think no. it's also the same issue as the pride of man, the yeah. pride of life that not only affects Christians, but it affects people who are coming to the cross mm-hmm. or have the potential of coming to the cross mm-hmm. is that they have to uh, really uh, go past their knowledge, their head knowledge, uh, their abilities, their what they can do for themselves, what others could do for themselves, what money can bring into their life, what association can bring into their life, what, you know, a bunch of things that turn into just a, a knowledge, um, self-reliance, um, it, you know, pride yeah. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, and then just put yourself right there at the cross, at the foot of the cross, mm-hmm. and just like, here I am, Lord. I actually, there's all this stuff that I could, that I think I can do on my own, but apparently this I cannot do. I, this I cannot achieve mm-hmm. unless I go through the way of the cross. Like it's so, yeah. um, it's interesting because it's the only way. That's the one issue. Yeah. And so we, I think in, in humanism and things and just in the world think, people want to um, come up with substitutions for the cross mm-hmm. or band-aids for the situations or uh, therapies for things or, you know, th- those kind of things, science for stuff. And in, and God, like I said earlier, is he brings this little simplistic thing. He puts a cross in front of you and, and he's like, that's the way. Yeah. And it's like, and there's no like, 
oh, in that intersection, there's no way around. There's no negotiating. No negotiating <laughs> intersection. You get to either go through it or you don't go through it. Mm. Or you stand back and mock it. Yes. That's and that's, a, in, that's an intense thing when you think about it. And this right. is, I think, what makes Christianity, true Christianity, such a real problem for people in the world. Yeah. It's, I mean... It was a problem for me. Right. <laughs> like before I came to the Lord, I'm like, I don't like you, God. I don't like anything about this situation. So no. Right. You know, and then in his love and his kindness drawing me, uh, you know, I'm just like, when I came to that realization, like this is the way through uh, and thankfully made the right decision there at that intersection, um, your whole life changes. Yeah. Your whole life, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing uh, the same actually. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. Under the shadow of the cross, there's mm -hmm. nothing the same. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world mm -hmm. that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, mm -hmm. but have eternal life. The, just the magnitude of the love of the cross mm -hmm. humbles you. That's the true. Another true power of the cross is it humbles you. Mm -hmm. It is the opposite of pride. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, you are not looking at Jesus if you are walking in pride. And the the solution to the pride that brings misery is looking at the King of Glory on the cross. Yeah. And saying the Father loved me that much. There's a, a hymn that says, "When I survey the wondrous cross." on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Hmm. And it's, you can't, the, the key is to stare at him, the crucified Jesus. Yeah, he, he got off the cross. He, he was raised, right? I mean, he was, we believe that. He was buried and he rose again. But him on the cross is such a powerful nail into your ego. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the solution to your problem, it's not a Band-Aid, it's a nail. <laughs> it's not a it's not a pill it's a crown of thorns mm -hmm. it's not someone feeling sorry for you it's a spear in the side that's what it is and it's like he's the only way he's the one that mm -hmm. did it first mm -hmm. what love what, what wondrous love is this mm -hmm. that caused the lord of bliss to bear the frightful curse for my soul there's a lot of good hymns about this. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we like you got, it's like there's a lot of stuff that happened where it's like God was willing. God's like this. God is humble. Like that right. will crucify your pride mm -hmm. if you're looking at it. If you're if you're looking at how people are treating you, it it won't. Like it, it all depends what you look at, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it will humble you. Like His love. Mm -hmm. It's not like oh you're a worm that you know you needed them to die that should humble you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of true. <laughs> it's true. It's definitely true. But it's like, wow, he loved you that much. Like, if right. you've ever been loved by someone that was way out of your league that should never have loved you, <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> Start to, like, change the way that yeah. you live. Like, I, I want to say bit. to that, especially someone <laughs> listening now that may actually need to hear this, is a lot of times people think humility is condemnation, mm -hmm. self-condemnation. It's not. Um, and when we are humbled by our life in Christ and by the price he paid mm -hmm. and what he's afforded to our lives through the cross and his resurrection, uh, that humbling is not a depression, <laughs> condemnation. It's really a dropping down of all the pride. I see. I think when I think of pride, I think of it as like, it's like a big shield we hold up. Yeah. Right. And then when we, when it's, when we're humbled, we have to, we just, we drop that shield and now we're exposed. Mm. Now we're open, you know, to him. And um, that's to me when I think of humility, it's that's what it speaks to me of. It doesn't speak of condemnation. Mm. I want to just help someone out there if they're thinking, well, yeah, if I can just feel bad enough. Mm. It's <laughs> like God's not really interested in that. No. He's actually interested oh. in you seeing him and knowing who he is <laughs> and right. experiencing his love, not his you know, he, he, not his disappointment, not his, none of that stuff. He wants you and he wants you so bad. He went to the cross for you. And there's, there's such a simplicity in that. And, um, you know, to me, it's interesting. The Lord always presents these things that are so diametrically opposed. <laughs> you have this thing, the cross mm -hmm. alone, stripped, naked, humiliated, 
nothing. Like a worm, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And yet he's the king of glory, the king of kings, lord of lords, <laughs> ruling and reigning for it. I mean, you like really the two don't, in our minds, when someone is that, when they're the king of glory, they never go down to that place. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where his, um, that's what he translated into. He went mm-hmm. to that place. That is a major drop in wow. that he was able to. I mean, think about the potential if you were a king <laughs> or queen, um, and the pride involved with that. Mm-hmm. Come on, right. right? You'd be like, Oh, yeah, send one of the serfs to be killed. <laughs> send, well, that's not enough. Send 10 of them. You know, it's yeah. like, No, it, it, no, it's like, No, I have to go. Yeah, I got to go do that for my people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and like I said, these things are so opposed because when we, we try to rectify that in our minds, we think, okay, right. Jesus Christ, you know, superhero, you know, everything like this, worm on the cross. Like, really? Like, why? Who, who, who planned that movie? <laughs> like, who figured that one out? Like, that's not right. It's not right. It's, you know, it's just not right. Okay. It's and yet he the worst thing human us. beings have ever done. Yes. To crucify their God who came to love them. Right. And yet that was the way that he saved human beings. <laughs> and it was yes. the preordained plan yes. according to Acts 2. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to speak to something where somebody's feeling bad. You feeling bad is not the atonement. Right. The cross is the atonement. That's not how you get forgiven is to feel bad. He paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You don't have to like punish yourself. He was punished. If you're if somebody's like, oh, God's mad at me because I sinned. I, he's mad. I disappointed him. There's something called the propitiation that happened mm-hmm. on the cross. The uh, propitiation is a wrath absorbing sacrifice. Jesus said, I don't want to drink the cup that's coming to my lips. Mm-hmm. In Psalm 75 or maybe 76, it says there's a foaming cup in the hands of the Lord mm-hmm. filled with his wrath for the nations. That was what Jesus was drinking the wrath that he has for you against your your dishonesty, right? Your lust, your hate, your murder, your treason. That's the anger, the righteous anger that God has. The son drank that completely on the cross. He endured the full wrath of God. And what is in the cup if he drained it down to the dregs? Nothing. There's nothing left for you to drink. There's no anger for you as a son or daughter of God. There might be discipline for you in, in love <laughs> that God will correct mm-hmm. you, but there is no anger in that. God's not angry. He's not avenging against you because Christ paid. Not because you're religious or you go to church. Not because you pray. Not because you pray in tongues. Not because you got baptized. Because he died. He, he said, it is finished. It is a finished work. I just I had to put that out there because people are like, oh, man, I can't let it go. It's like he did it. <laughs> you, that's the offense of the cross, too. Like, you'll never be good enough. Sorry. Just accept it. Yeah. That's the greatness. <laughs> yeah. Just I don't it. have to be good. No. Thanks. No, man. Well, before we get too much more bogged down into anyway, um, but uh, how does this affect how we treat people? This is what I, I want to bring it to. We've talked about this a little bit, but how does our, our theology of the cross, like how does it affect how we see people, how we interact with people? Hmm. Anything in your life personally that it, you know, it helps you and in any way or like, how does it, uh, how does it make a difference? It's a tough question sometimes. How does it make a difference? I don't know if I thought about like how the cross helps me treat people <laughs> or <laughs> other than just to endure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. No, yeah. I mean, I, um, endure. yeah, endurance right. is important. <laughs> endure. That's a good and word. You can endure too. We can all endure. I'm not that sure I actually associated directly to the cross, yeah. but to the work of the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. I think um, I think of Christian people as blood-bought sons and daughters of God. I actually try to bring myself to that place mm-hmm. when I'm dealing with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think of people who are not Christian people as people who God <laughs> shed His blood for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
like he went to the cross for them, yes. you know, and and so it gives me a different, uh, and not different. It set my perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the cross is like sights, and I'm sighting down the cross at those things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> for those gun, for those gun people out there, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get to see you with it like on yeah, your shoulders, like, she'll, like sight down there. Oh, okay, but, but it's it's great. It's a it's a I don't know. It's a hard it's a hard question, but it, I think yeah. it's given me a perspective that way or a way of uh, viewing people. Yeah. through the cross. I have never really thought of it in terms of viewing him from the cross, but mm-hmm. I, I I guess it is that because what mm-hmm. else that is it? That's yeah. the only way there. Yeah. 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 Think about I it. Know. Liz Roman's didn't answer. Uh, I want to hear Liz. Go ahead. Oh, I just have a quick one. In Romans 14, he said, uh, you know, by what you eat, don't destroy a brother for whom Christ died. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. Paul saw people in that light. But yeah, did you mm-hmm. have something you were going to say? No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I'm still, I'm still thinking about how that, how that, works like how that impacts i mean obviously like the just the idea of you know your life is not your own like helps you (laughs) in a lot of ways in your just your daily life Mm -hmm. i think but um the cross i mean it's just it's everything you know and so it's like i'm trying to just like see if there's like a tangible connection from one point to the to the other you know i kind of sprung it on you but you know anyway (laughs) that's okay (laughs) uh, you know what's what people might not realize as they're listening to this i know i'm feeling it i know i'm positive you guys are feeling some component of it is that you know we're thinking about the cross it's a very sobering wonderful thing i mean it opens up like when you start thinking about like the the promise and the possibilities it's uh you're sitting we're sitting here talking about the cross and uh, i'm getting a lot of these uh uh-huh <laughs> in my soul like oh yeah mm. or just a um settling like a pressing in from the lord like mm. yeah that's yeah. where that is and here we are you know we've been christians all of us a really long time and obviously we've probably taught on the cross and mm-hmm. spoke about the cross and but when you actually start thinking and oh. conversing about the cross um, you know, I think he actually shows up in the middle and says, you know, it's like, Hey, let me, let me show you, let me, let me impress the power of the cross is actually, I believe affecting, infecting and affecting us right here, right now, which is a hard thing, you know, right. to understand completely. Like how, how does that happen? Cause it's a very sobering thing. We're all sitting there going the cross, man, how what does it affect me? Yeah. I mean, uh, it know? really is everything, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's just, yeah. it's like, how does, how does the beginning of your life affect the way you live? It's like, hmm. well, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it is, it is everything. And I, yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh-huh. I just, yeah. I also have this memory going through my mind too, of when my boys were young, would play, um, hymns for them when they would sleep and there was this one they'd ask we want to listen to, what's the, on a hill far away on a hill mm. far away that's what i said yeah. the old rugged cross oh yeah cherish you know the cherish. emblem of suffering Oof. and shame yeah it's just uh, like i don't know why that image just keeps coming i because it for me is like this very distinct image uh, of this wooden cross like alone and isolated but just what that that it's so dear is so dear to us, even though it's like oh, man. this torture yeah. <laughs> device and uh, it is just all about death and isolation and separation and, and all of that. But it is like, it is the whole, like I said, um, source, the Genesis of our, of our entire existence as new creations, you know? So this is just like, I don't know how it's, you, it's hard to put it into words. Yeah, like it is. <laughs> when I think of the cross or an actual, the crucifixion of Jesus, I just think of his blood flowing from that cross yeah. and just um and the love that came with that yeah. like the intensity of just his pouring out of him onto the into the world into right. the into the into the dirt that he made us from mm-hmm. like it's just so like it's so mind-boggling and overwhelming right. all at the same time right. it's like like I said we're all sitting here and I know uh you know like I said it's hard to put that over like we're recording this and explaining this to people, it's hard to grasp the weightiness of it all. Mm-hmm. God, it's just, yeah. it's the worthiness of the king. Yeah. It's the holiness of the king. It's like, there's something so holy about the, the life of God being poured out mm-hmm. for sinners, yeah. people that are mocking him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's that, that hymn, Rugged Cross, that mm-hmm. says, the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He's the dearest. He's the most glorious. And he went to that place. No one's ever gone lower than him. 
to carry the whole weight of the world's sin, the whole weight of God's wrath, the whole wrath, the whole rage of Satan was put on him. The sun went dark because it was so bad. And it was so it was so holy because it was the atonement of sin. God showed that he doesn't just sweep sin under the rug. He'll punish sin. Mm-hmm. He will atone. Like he will actually deal with sin, even if it's in his own son. He's so holy and he's so loving because we would have had to stand in that place. We would have had to take that cross. And he was our lamb. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was, he's the Passover fulfilled on the cross. Mm-hmm. Like there's, so much the earth shook because of how holy it was mm-hmm. and, and how willing he is not just how worthy he is but how willing he is to give himself father forgive them they don't know what they're doing mm-hmm. what is that and like i want like our listeners just to feel the the weight and the worthiness and the willingness of the lord jesus christ for his blood to touch you for his life to touch you to touch diseases, to touch old guilt, to touch wounds where people have just mistreated you, um, to just destroy a spirit of judgment in you because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was judged for you even though he could have condemned you. He chose to forgive you. There's so much in the blood. It compels you to forgive, like another song says. It compels <laughs> such a response. It does something to you. Mm-hmm. There, It shakes you. It should shake you. It should wake you up if you're in pride. It should shake you to the ground. It should be like, wow, my sin is more serious than I ever thought. And the love of God is more beautiful and more abundant than I ever could have imagined. Like that one was the one on the cross. His life weighs more than the life of every man, woman, child, angel that's ever existed. And it was sacrificed. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'd like to speak to some one out there listening and uh just to something the holy spirit just popped on my heart and that is uh that cross is so approachable like you have like pastor dave was saying you have this holy god and yet the cross is so approachable for every single one of us whether we know him or don't know him that we have a place that you know that we have a place at the cross place that we can go up and go papa you know thank you for that sacrifice thank you for giving me your son thank you and there's no there's no barrier there there's just a place of arms open welcome come on just come to the Mm. cross and i feel like holy spirit's speaking out to you today no matter where you're at in your walk or even if you don't know him just come to the cross come on Mm. we'll go to the cross and you'll find their life and resurrection. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to get the latest episode. And for more information, visit spiritschoolofministry.com.